Hello. Hello. Welcome to Infinite Cast. Uh, before we start, because I've not been able to complain about this on air anyway, anywhere until this, um, I've been tormented by birds. Yeah, it's true. Um, our our window where our bed is is right. It it opens into the interior of a um courtyard where a bunch of the backs of apartments are, and it's full of uh, lovely trees. But it is also full of fucking birds. And at <laughs> five thirty every morning, they start chirping shrilly. Uh, and it is like having an uh, a phone alarm go off uh like five feet from your head for hours at a time it's effective as an alarm maybe it's telling us that we need to become more in touch with the pastoral rise with the sun yeah and set with it as well uh yes the the irregularity for like starting at 5 30 going on literally the entire day it is nightmarish and it is causing me to lose a tremendous amount of sleep i i don't know i bring it up because i feel like there, there is a certain like let a literary quality to it it's like you know entering a uh, a chapter like at five thirty six a.m the birds began to chirp the birds 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 or their birds. shrill their shrill uh warbling piercing through the thin layer of plastic and cardboard used to keep the air conditioner in the window Chris heard the chirps every morning as they roused him from his slumber. You know that that kind of Chris, thing. Chris heard the chirps. Uh, it's it's maddening, and it, it it it's it, it makes me feel like I'm in the fucking birds. The birds. The birds. The titular birds. The, they are the titular birds. They're driving me insane. They are my nemeses, and I and I hate them, even if they are adorable. They are adorable. They're so cute. Little sparrows that Bird, that live inside our air conditioner. Birds really represent the power of a union because I feel like one bird is kind of like IDK, whatever man. But like you get a bunch of birds together and you're loud as hell and you could kill people, according to that movie. Yes, which I've never seen, <laughs> but I know what it's about. It's about birds. It's that about birds. Are evil. Should we get into it? We're, yeah, we're, uh, let's get into it. We're in an abbreviated timeline uh, today before we uh, yeah, skip I just, town. I just had to talk about the fucking birds. Yeah, no, we, this is a safe space. Yes. Um, let's let's continue on where this little scene at ETA. Yes. All right. Don Gately is almost twenty nine and sober and just huge. <laughs> lying, gir- there, lying there, gurgling and inert with a fluttery eyed smile. One shoulder blade and buttock pooch out over the side of a sofa that sags like a hammock. Gately looks less built than poured. The smooth immovability of an Easter Island statue. It would be nice if intimidating size wasn't one of the major factors in a male alumni getting offered the male live-in staff job here, but there you go. Mm -hmm. Don G has a massive square head, made squarer looking by the Prince Valiant-ish haircut he tries to maintain himself in the mirror to save money. Room and board aside, plus the opportunity for service, he makes very little as an edit house staffer and is paying off restitution schedules in three different district courts. He has the fluttery, white-eyed smile now of someone who's holding himself just over the level of doze. Pat Montesian is due in at 0900, and Don G can't go to bed until she arrives because the house manager has driven Jennifer Belbin to a court <laughs> appearance downtown, and he's the only staffer here. 
Foltz, the female living live-in staffer, is at a Narcotics Anonymous convention in Hartford for the long Interdependence Day weekend. <laughs> Gately personally is not hot on NA. So many relapses and unhumble returns. So many war stories told with non-disguised bullshit pride. So little emphasis on service or serious message. All these people in leather and metal preening. Rooms full of randy lenses all hugging each other, pretending they don't miss the substance. Rampant newcomer fucking. There's a difference between abstinence versus recovery, Gately knows. Except who's Gately to judge what works for who. He just knows what seems like it works for him today. AA's tough Enfield Brighton love. The white flag group. Old guys with suspended bellies and white crew cuts and geologic amounts of sober time. The crocodiles. <laughs> that'll take your big square head off if they sense you're getting complacent or chasing tail or forgetting that your life still hangs in the balance every fucking day. White flag newcomers so crazed and sick they can't sit and have to pace at the meeting's rear like Gately when he first came. Retired old kindergarten teachers in polyresin slacks and a pince-nez. Pince-nez? Pince-nez. who bakes cookies for the weekly meeting and relate from behind the podium how they used to blow bartenders at closing for just two more fingers in a paper cup to take home against the morning's needled light. Needled light. <laughs> Gately, albeit an oral narcotics man from way back, has committed himself to AA. He drank his fair share, too, he figures, after all. Executive Director Pat M. is due in at 0900 and has application interviews with three people, 2F and 1M, who better be showing up soon. And Gately will answer the door when they don't know enough to just come in and will say welcome and get them a cup of coffee if he judges them able to hold it. He'll get them aside and tip them off to be sure to pet Pat M.'s dogs during the interview. They'll be sprawled all over. Can you hear? I don't even know if they can hear the birds. I don't the, think that the birds are coming through the uh, oh, traps. The microphone. Maybe I'll do some field recording. Do some field later. recording. They'll be sprawled all over the front office, sides heaving, writhing, and biting at themselves. <laughs> He'll tell them it's a proved fact that if Pat's dogs like you, you're in. Pat M has directed Gately to tell appliers this, and then if the appliers do actually pet the dogs. Two hideous white golden retrievers with suppurating scabs and, <laughs> s- and skin afflictions. Plus one has grand mal epilepsy. It'll betray a level of desperate willingness that Pat says is just about all she goes by deciding. A name- this has been a, a recurring bit on a Chapo recently talking about the Biden's dogs. Bad boys. Uh, champ and Major, yes, who are very bad boys. Is, is Felix asserting that having two big ungainly possibly sick like greasy furred uh dogs mm-hmm. who will jump up on you and, and sink their their uh on clipped nails into your chest while the owner asserts no they're just really friendly uh don't worry about it let, let, let them slobber all over you yeah. uh is one of the most american things and it's that true. is why uh biden is president yeah uh, that is that's and, and i think that that this is dfw uh, is sinking into the uh the same phenomenon america is the concept of america is an off-leash dog. It's, it's an off-leash. Manifest Destiny is yeah. an off-leash dog. It's an off-leash dog who appears to be over-friendly, but <laughs> if you if you look at it wrong, it's going to bite you, and then the owner is going to blame the blame it blame on you. you. And at the very least, even if they don't hurt you, they're, they're going to get you all dirty and, yeah. and mucky. Yes, exactly. Yeah. A nameless cat oozes by on the broad <laughs> windowsill above the back of the fabric couch. Animals here come and go. Alumni adopt them or they just disappear. Their fleas tend to remain. 
Gately's intestines moan. Boston's dawn uh, coming back on the green line this morning was chemically pink. Trails of industrial exhaust blowing north. The nail pairings in the ashtray on the floor are, he realizes now, too big to be from fingernails. <laughs> These bitten arcs are broad and thick and a deep autumnal yellow. He swallows hard. He'd tell Jeffrey Day how, even if they are just cliches. Weren't we just talking about how cutting his face? Yeah, there's his a toenails. toenail thing. Yeah. Even if they are just cliches, cliches are A, uh, soothing, and B, remind you of common sense, and C, license the universal assent that drowns out silence, and four, silence is deadly, pure spider food if you've got the disease. Gene M says you can spell the disease dis-ease, which sums up the basic situation nicely. Pat has a meeting at the Division of Substance Abuse Services in Government Center at noon she needs to be reminded about. She can't read her own handwriting, which the stroke affected her handwriting. Gately envisions going around having to find out who's biting their fucking toenails in the living room and putting the disgusting toenail bits in the ashtray at like 0500. <laughs> Plus house rugs prohibit bare feet any place downstairs. There's a pale brown water stain on the ceiling over day and treat the almost exact shape of Florida. Randy Lenz has issues with Jeffrey Day because Day is glib and a teacher at a scholarly journal's helm. This threatens the self-concept of a Randy Lenz that thinks of himself as a kind of hipply sexy artist intellectual. We we should say that a, an astute reader point out, pointed out to us after last week's yes. reading that Jeffrey Day, the the kind of assholeish prickish uh, guy from the first half of this chapter's reading, who is uh, trying to think and explain his way, reason his way out of mm -hmm. the reasoning of of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, is the same person who works at a scholarly journal that. Uh, what is the wild conceits, wild conceits in Medford, Massachusetts, Medford bit like Bayside Community College in Medford, Massachusetts. That uh, what what is it? Which kid? Um, either Trolch or or Sha uh Trolch. Trolch was plagiarizing his article for a, a a school paper in one extended footnote. Yes, uh, a paper written by Jeffrey Day for a. a uh, te and a tennis uh, Enfield Tennis Academy paper for a paper in the footnotes. The, of it was the previously. it was the paper that was about the assassin. Oh yeah, the 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 the, the, the wheelchair assassins. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, uh, same same guy. Great catch. Yeah, great catch. Uh, Jeffrey Day. And at one point, I believe Trollt or whoever it was, maybe uh, oh, it was struck because it was struck at one point. They're talking about the train. Uh, the str train struck. You and he's like, well, would I use my own name? And if I was plagiarizing my paper, <laughs> it was it was struck. Um, and struck at one point was like, this guy sounds like he's drunk. And it, it, <laughs> it turns, turns out, out he is. He is. Uh, good, good little connection. Great connection. Jeffrey Day. Uh, small time dealers never conceptualize themselves as just small time dealers. Kind of like whores never do. <laughs> <laughs> small time whore. Uh, for occupation on his intake form, Lenz had put freelance script writer. <laughs> He's got a little um, uh, multisanti energy, like real, like if the the dirt baggiest tendencies of multisanti. Uh, I bet, I bet David Foster Wallace, despite himself, really liked the the Sopranos. Yeah, I, I wonder. Uh, he likes Lynch. Uh, so I don't know. Sopranos can be can be dare I say Lynchian sometimes the dream sequences. Yeah, there's there's some connects. Um, and he makes a show of that he reads for the first week here in July. He'd held the books upside down. What he held the books upside down in the northeast corner of whatever room. 
He had a gigantic medical dictionary he'd haul down and smoke and read until Annie Parrott, the assistant manager, had to tell him not to bring it down anymore because it was fucking with Morris Hanley's mind, (laughs) at which juncture he quit reading and started talking, making everybody nostalgic for when he just sat there and read. Jeffrey D. has issues with Randy L. Also, you can just tell. There's a certain way they don't quite look at each other. And so now, of course, they're mashed together in the three-man together since three guys in one night missed curfew and came in without one normal-sized pupil between them and refused urines and got bounced on the spot. And so Day gets moved up his first week from the five-man room to the three-man. Seniority comes quick around here. Past Minty, down at the dining room table's end, Bert F.S. is still coughing, still hunched over, his face a dusky purple. And Nell G. is behind him, pounding him on the back so that it keeps sending him forward over his ashtray. And he's waving one stump vaguely over his shoulder to try to signal her to quit. Lens and Day, a beef may be brewing. Day'll try to get try to goad Lens into a beef that'll be public enough so he doesn't get hurt but does get bounced. And then he can leave treatment and go back to Chianti and Ludes and getting assaulted by <laughs> sidewalks. And make out like the re- like the relapse is Annette House's fault and never have to confront himself or his disease. Mm-hmm. To Gately, Day is like a wide open interactive textbook on the disease. One of Gately's jobs is to keep an eye on what's possibly brewing among residents and let Pat or the manager know and try to smooth things down in advance if possible. The ceiling's color could be called done if forced. So- <laughs> Someone has farted. No one knows just who, but this isn't like a normal adult place where everybody coolly pretends a fart didn't happen. Here, everybody has to make their little comment. Time is passing, and at house reeks of passing time. It is the humidity of early sobriety, hanging and palpable. You can hear ticking in clockless rooms here. Gately changes the angle of one sneaker, puts the other arm behind his head. His head has real weight and pressure. Randy Lenz's obsessive compulsions include the need to be north, a fear of discs, a tendency to constantly take his own pulse, a fear of all forms of timepieces, and a need to always know the time with great precision. <laughs> uh, day man, you get the time baby real quick? Lenz. For the first time, for the third time in half an hour. Patience, tolerance, compassion, self-discipline, restraint. Gately remembers his first six months here straight. He'd felt the sharp edge of every second that went by and the freak show dreams, nightmares beyond the worst DTs you'd ever heard about. A reason for a night shift staffer in the front office is so somebody's there for the residents to talk at when, not if, when, when the freak show dreams ratchet them out of bed at like 0300. Nightmares about relapsing and getting high, not getting high but having everybody think you're high, getting high with your alcoholic mom and then killing her with a baseball bat, whipping the old unit out for a spot urine and starting up and flames coming shooting out, getting high and bursting into flames, having a water spout shaped like an enormous tall wind suck you up inside, a vehicle explodes in an enhanced bloom of sooty flame on the DEC viewer, its hood up like an old pop tab, like that little switch from dreams to like TV. Mm-hmm. Day is making a broad gesture out of checking his watch. Right around, oh, uh, right around 0830, fella. Randy L's fine nostrils flare and whiten. He stares straight ahead, eyes narrowed, finger on his wrist. Day purses his lips, leg joggling. Gately hangs his head over the arm of the sofa and regards Lens upside down. 
that look on your map there means something there, Randy? Are you like communicating something with that look? Does anybody maybe know the time a little more exactly <laughs> is what I'm wondering, Don, since Day doesn't. Uh, Gately checks his own cheap digital, head still hung over the sofa's arm. I got 0832 14 15 16, Randy. It's <laughs> a lot, G -G DG man. So, and now Day has the same flared, narrow look for Lens. We've been over this, friend, amigo, sport. You do this all the time with me. Again, I'll say it. I don't have a digital watch. This is a fine old antique watch. It points. A memento of far better days. It's not a digital watch. It's not a cesium-based atomic clock. It <laughs> points with hands. See, Spiro Agnew here has two little <laughs> arms. They point, they suggest. It's not a sodding stopwatch for life. Lens, get a watch. Am I right? Why don't you just have a watch, Lens? Three people I happen to know of for a fact have offered to get you a watch, and you can pay them back whenever you feel comfortable about poking your nose out and investigating the worker world. Get a watch. Obtain a watch. A fine, digital, incredibly wide watch. About five times the width of your wrist, so you have to hold it like a falconer, and it treats time <laughs> like pie. I, I like your voice for, for who's that? That's Jeffrey Day. That's Jeffrey Day. Fancy. Da, 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 da. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> he's that, well, he helms a, scholar, a scholarly core. He's going away. He's helm, I helm a scholarly core. <laughs> he does a little like of that uh, nasally. Why don't you get a watch, my boy? I think I'm trying to do the impression of. Um, uh, the girl's father that Cameron does in Ferris Bueller. Yeah, Taylor. exactly. My God. My God, why don't you get a watch, my boy? <laughs> Rooney. You, do, you don't need a cesium atomic number, just an old-fashioned wind-up. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah, great. Uh, easy does it. Charlotte Treat half sings, not looking up <laughs> from her needle and frame. Well, I also, I just, on voices, I like that there's actually so little quoted speech in this that you can almost... You personally can almost mm -hmm. do a voice for every character. Yes. Uh, it, it, I, I I'm just saying I appreciate your voices. Thank you. I don't want I don't want to go too cartoony, but, but yeah, no, it, it does it, need it a little bit of something. It's just a little pepper on it. Yeah, a little, a little freshly ground pepper. Uh, Day looks around at her. I don't believe I was speaking to you in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Lens stares at him. If you're trying to fuck with me, brother, he shakes his fine shiny head. Big mistake. Ooh, I'm all a tremble. I can barely hold my arm steady to read my watch. <laughs> big, 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 real big mistake. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men, says Gately, back on his back, smiling at the dun cracked ceiling. He's the one who'd farted. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one little segment uh, of, uh, of Back to ETA that I think we can do. Yeah, yeah let's peel through it. This will be a, a slightly shorter one. We've only gone 19 minutes okay. so far, but that's fine. They return from Long Island bearing their shields rather than upon them, as they say. John Wayne and Hal and Condenza lost only five total games between them in singles. The A doubles had resembled a spatter painting, and the B teams, especially the die staffs, had surpassed themselves. The whole PWTA staff and squad had had to sing a really silly song. Coyle and Trolch didn't win. And Teddy Schacht had, incredibly, lost to his squat spin doctory opponent in three sets. <laughs> spin doctory. Despite this kid's debilitating nerves at crucial junctures. The fact that Schacht wasn't all that upset got remarked on by staff. Is Schacht the one who had to win to do no, the No, that's Camilla. Schacht Pemulus. was the one who's been gradually 
downsliding into mm. uh, obscurity and committing to a dental career. Okay. Uh, Schacht and a conspicuously energized Jim Trolch rallied for the big win in 18A number two dubs, though. Uh, Trolch's disconnected microphone mysteriously disappeared from his gear bag during post-double showers to the rejoicing to the rejoicing of all. Pemulus's disconnected microphone. Yeah, wait, what is Ma- that? Maybe he brought some drins in. It sounds like maybe he brought speed. Uh, Pemulus's storky, intense, two hands off both sides opponent had gotten weirdly lethargic and then disoriented in the second set after Pemulus had lost the first in a tie break. After the kid had delayed play for several minutes, claiming the tennis balls were too pretty to hit, PWTA trainers had conducted him gently from the court, and the Peemster got VD, which is Junior Circuit Argo, for a victory by default. Did Pemulus drug his opponent? Mm. The fact that Pemulus hadn't walked around with his chest out recounting the win for any ETA females got <laughs> remarked on only by Hal and T. Axford. Schacht was in too much knee pain to remark on much of anything, and Stitt had ETA's Barry Loach inject the big purple knee with something that made <laughs> Schacht's eyes roll up in his head. Then, during the post-meat mixer and dance, Pemulus's defaulted opponent ate from the hors d'oeuvres table without using utensils, or at one point even hands, did a disco number when there wasn't any music going, and was finally heard telling the Port Washington headmaster's wife that he'd always wanted to do her from behind. Pemulus mm. spent a lot of time whistling and staring innocently up at the prefab ceiling. Mm. The bus for all the 18 squads was warm and there were little nozzles of light over your seat that you could either have on to do homework or shut off and sleep. Trolch, left eye ominously nystagmic, pretended to recap the day's match highlights for a subscription audience, speaking earnestly into his fist. He's the one who is practicing for a broadcast career. Broadcast career. Uh, The C-team's Stockhausen was pretending to sing opera. (laughs) Hal and Paul... Sorry, again, I have to... As always, I have to comment on something that we're watching on the the tennis matches that we have on uh, YouTube while we do this, which is the enthusiasm of the ball girl who brings the towel to one of the contestants, Uh which is very funny to me because, I mean, the the urgency of the ball boys and girls to get the uh, tennis balls is like a very, you know, as they sprint across the the tennis court is a very funny uh, affectation to me. Yes. Uh, and I, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to be enthusiastic about it. And, but, but it is like performative. You know, they're displaying that they're very quick about doing yeah. this thing more than yeah. they're actually needing to be quick. But also, the same ball girl also brings a towel to, mm-hmm. is that Nadal or is that Kachanov? That would be the other one, Kachanov. Kachanov. Uh, but, but when he signals, the, the same ball girl runs and brings a towel to him. Mm-hmm. And the, just her, her quick-footed running with the towel flapping <laughs> as she is a- approaching the, this uh, live tennisman yeah. is, is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, um, it's a very like not uh, militaristic exactly, but there is a <laughs> look at her waiting with the two balls, <laughs> just holding them in her hands. I got, I've got the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, it is very, um, cor- it's courtly, it literally. Is. It's it, re- it reminds me of like a you know of a French uh, like ritual. Or yeah, something exactly. From the Marie Antoinette times. I mean, you do need to remove the balls quickly, but again, it's 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 not as much the removal of the balls as a process. It is showing how fast and dedicated you are. Yeah, right. It is performative. Put the, some sauce the, on it. The the ball boy and ball girl. 
I'm stressed because yeah. now she's holding three balls, and I'm like, at where, what where point do you, do you the, yeah. how many balls do you hold? She doesn't <laughs> look like that that large of a, a lady. I'm just her her hands might not be that big for more than three or four balls. <laughs> anyway, I anyway. just had to comment on it. it. It's it's very it's a very funny image. Yes. Here, there. Yeah. Ah! I'll take the towel back. Take the okay. towel back. Take the towel back, and then go back to your spot. Yes. It's, it's been entertaining me this this entire read. It okay, is good. go forward. Uh, well, uh, the C team. So, oh yeah, the C team Stockhausen was pretending to sing opera. Hal and Tall Paul Shaw were each reading an SAT prep guide. A good quarter of the bus was yellow highlighting copies of E. A. Abbott's inescapable at ETA book Flatland for either Flotman or Chowoff or Thorpe. Uh, an elongated darkness with assorted shapes melted by plus long gauntlets near exits of tall interstatish lamps laying down cones of dirty-looking sodium light. The ghastly sodium lamplight made Mario and Condensa happy to be in his little cone of white inside light. Mario sat next to KD Coil, who was kind of mentally slow, especially after a hard loss, and they played rock-paper-scissors for 200 clicks or more, not saying anything, engrossed in trying to locate patterns in each other's rhythms of choices of shapes, which they both decided there weren't any. Two or three upperclassmen in Levy Richardson Oberntchawaf's disciplinary lit were slumped over Goncharov's Oblomov, <laughs> looking very hap- unhappy indeed. Like these, I don't even, I, I consider myself a heavy reader. I don't know what the fuck Goncharov's Oblomov is. I think he's just plucking incredibly obscure, obscure shit. Books. I know what Flatland is. Okay. Uh, it, it's just nothing. Is a, this, this is not a separate piece. I know this sounds like regular high school yeah. literature. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't think I read a, a Russian in. No, I read. I read Crime and Punishment. That's that's. You read. Uh, you read Crime and Punishment in high school. Yeah, I did not. I've never read a Russian novel. Oh, so good. Uh, you gotta. You gotta. I, I will. You gotta. You on that. You would love Dostoevsky. I he's would. A fucking. He's based. My dad. All. My dad used to be a voracious reader, and the thing. The only book that he said that he ever he couldn't finish reading was uh, the Brothers Karamazov because mm. there were too many names. That's <laughs> all right. All <laughs> that is the struggle of Russia. you kind of have to let it wash over you to a certain <laughs> extent, and just hope that there's characterizing things that you're like, okay, that's the guy who's not very nice, <laughs> versus that guy has got a secret. <laughs> Those are the two kinds of people in Russian. I do. I am enjoying the vibes of a a weary bus ride, like school bus trip back from something. It's the best. We've talked about bus vibes before. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. Yes, and he's doing a good job capturing it. Um, Charles Tavis sat way back in in way in the back with John Wayne and beamed and spoke nonstop in hushed tones to Wayne as the Canadians stared out the window. DeLint was with the 16s one bus back. He'd been ragging Stice's and Cornspan's asses since their doubles, which it looked like they'd practically gave away. The bus was shtitless. Shtit always found a private, mysterious way back, then appeared at dawn drills with DeLint and elaborate workups of everything that had gone wrong the day before. <laughs> he was particularly shrill and insistent and negative after they'd won something. Shaq sat listening to port and didn't respond when hands were waved in front of his face. And Axford and Struck started kibitzing Barry Loach about their knees were feeling punk as well. The luggage rack over everyone's heads bristled with grips and coverless strings, and liniment and tincture of benzoin had been handed out and liberally applied, so the warm air became complexly spiced. <laughs> Everybody was tired in a good way. The homeward ride's camaraderie was marred 
only by the fact that someone near the back of the bus started the passing around of a gothic-fonted leaflet offering the kingdom of prehistoric England to the man who could pull Keith Freer out of Bernadette Longley. <laughs> Freer had been discovered by pro-rector Mary Esther Thode, more or less exing poor <laughs> Bernadette Longley under an Adidas blanket in the very back seat on the bus trip to the East Coast Clays in Providence in September. Mm. And it had been a nasty scene because there were some basic Academy license rules that it was just unacceptable to flout under the nose of staff. Keith Freer was deeply asleep when the leaflet was getting passed around, but Bernadette Longley wasn't. And when the leaflet hit the front half where all the females now had to sit since September, she'd buried her face in her hands and flushed uh, even on the back of her pretty neck. And her doubles partner, uh, which takes us back to end note number 92, mm, Diane Prinz of Perth Amboy, New Jersey, uh, came all the way back to where Jim Struck and Michael Pemulus were sitting and told them in no uncertain terms that somebody on this bus was so immature, it was really sad. <laughs> wow, that is a fucking read from David Foster Wallace on the uh, the effectiveness of teen girls on, yes. on teen boys' uh, bedevilment. Charles Tavis was irrepressible. He did a Pierre Trudeau impersonation to no one except the driver <laughs> was old enough to laugh at. Is that Justin Trudeau's father? I think so. Oh, man. Things never change. Daddy. Trude and the whole Trudeaus are forever. And the whole mammoth traveling squad, three buses worth, got to stop and have the mega breakfast at Denny's over yes. next to Empire yes. Waste yes. at like 0030 when they got in. Is that the end That's of that sec section? Oh, the mega breakfast at Denny's. I could go for that. I mean, I believe it's a, it, I'm, he's talking about a grand slam now. I mean, I, I just took that as being like you, they rolled into a Denny's and the kids got what, you know, whatever they wanted. You get the eggs and the bacon and the sausage and the ham and the pancakes I, and the hash browns I would get, and the toast. I would get the Fuck, moons, I'm hungry. The moons over my hammy. You know, moons over my hammy is not, not that bad. I would get anything at Moons Over My Hammy is a grilled cheese with scrambled eggs, grilled ham and cheese with scrambled eggs in it. Am yeah, I it's wrong? like a bad croque monsieur. Um, Man, I love Denny's God so much. God damn it! I wish we were at a Denny's right now. I was, I was so ride or die for Denny's in, back in the day. Um, we went to the fancy one once. That was the last time I ever went to Denny's. Remember when we went to uh, um, the fancy South, like not South Street Seaport, but uh, oh yes, the, the financial, the Fide Denny's. Fun oh, God, fact: we should at, go back at there. the only, I believe, the only Denny's in, that serves in Manhattan. It's the only one that serves alcohol, and they have a. You can get a Grand Slam and a two hundred and fifty dollar bottle of Dom Perignon, and I haven't achieved anything in life that would that that kind of celebration makes sense. We should do that but soon. Oh my god! I guess I think maybe that's what I have to keep working for is some kind of accomplishment that yes. could merit the Dom the, the Dom Grand Slam. The Grand Slam. I would like to go to a Denny's and get whatever wild uh, novelty item that they're selling. Yeah, you always you know, got to like, get the new shit. You ever like have a, pancake bites? Yeah, or like it'll. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure that this exists, but it would be like uh, now serving a waffle that's stuffed with jam. Yeah, and it's like jam, jammy waffle, <laughs> jammy waffles, ja jammy waffle stack. I'm like, sure, yeah. No, I've gotten the. They're called pancake puppies. They're little bits of fried. <laughs> they're, they're like deep fried pancakes. It's like balls a hush puffy puppy with pancake. like white chocolate in it. It's oh, so fucked God. up, and it costs like literally a dollar. Like their pricing <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, Denny's rocks! I would go there in high school with my friends because we didn't uh, we didn't party. This this was partying for us, honestly. And I would get like the the brownie sundae, and it was like two dollars. See, our version of the uh, we we had a 
I guess this is on the same part. We went to Perkins, right. which was the Ohio regional. We didn't have, we didn't really have Denny's in Cincinnati. I don't know. I mm. forget if there was, but if there was, was Denny's, we didn't go there. We went to the Perkins. Sure. Shout out to all the Perkins. Shout out to all the Perkins. I mean, uh, I didn't go there. to Perkins until um until Chapo tour or, uh, or uh, until uh, did we go for the state fair? I feel like we maybe didn't go then. No, but when we went back to Ohio for the primary, then we ate at that Perkins. Iowa. Behind, I, Iowa. Yes, when we went back to Iowa for the primary, we ate at that Perkins. We were in Iowa for what like six days, and we ate at that Perkins like five times. Five times. I once got a, uh, I was trying at and least to hold on to a, a, a modicum of of health during tour, and I ordered a salad, a side <laughs> salad, and the salad was, a, it came in like a little soup cup, and it was, in this order, the amounts of food uh, was chicken, cheese, and then lettuce. <laughs> so just imagine a salad that's mostly chicken and cheese. It's almost like a keto salad. It was fucked up, and the only dressings were were creamy. And you know what? Whatever, fucking, you, it's it's all good. Um, uh, that breakfast place they're so good. I wish we could go to one right now. Oh, someday when when we're allowed to go back to places, we'll go to that the fight. I mean, I, at this point, I do believe that in New York there is open indoor dining. Yeah, so. but I I want like when oh, I'm not gonna go back to a restaurant until uh they're like actually you can do full capacity indoor dining. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's also it's like it's like springtime like it's nice out yeah i would rather eat outside anyway i don't know uh any anything else infinite jest the <laughs> what is the infinite gist of this uh don gately farts in his rehab facility mm-hmm. um and the boys drive back from their successful tennis meet i i think i gathered that they, they won they every won. every it was a it was a success Pemulus, uh, so Pemulus might have put some DMZ in his opponent's water bottle. Yeah. Which is not great. Not good, but he won. And th- here's the thing. I'm not sure if it's DMZ or maybe he just put some acid because he, he's in possession of a lot of A shit. lot of substance. Some kind of uh, substance. That's what I would gather from that thing is that he drugged his opponent in and some capacity. And then the other, the other thing that I I don't <laughs> think I had remembered from last were time. were too pretty to hit. Yeah. The, uh, which, hey, it's, it is a beautiful green. But also the... It is a beautiful the, green. The uh, the God, microphone that's a really that really cool shot. The microphone that um, what you call it, tr- uh, Trolch mm-hmm. brought in that he's like going to be a, um, a broadcaster. Broadcaster, but it sounds like he might have smuggled some like drugs in, mm-hmm. like maybe some uh, some speed in, in, the, in his microphone. The, and the microphone that Trolch brought had disappeared from his gym bag. Yeah, is that how he described it? And it just it sounds like he his eye was like twitching and like I don't know. It's uh, the the culture of like the dr- the secrecy of the substance use. Uh, mm. I made a video for this woman who's basically like starting a community organization of like parents and using psychedelics. And she interviewed one psychedelic expert who basically said that like one of the things about getting addicted to dr- substances or abusing substances is that the hiding of using it can become as as attractive as the feeling itself. Mm-hmm. I think that's something worth talking about because on one hand, you've got these baby baby drug users mm-hmm. at the tennis academy. And then on the other hand, you have Don Gately, who's just come out of a horrible uh, opiate addiction and he's sober and trying to live. 
what ha- like there are different ways that obviously this stuff comes about but the thing about the tennis boys is like they have to hide it yes and they have to have all these like elaborate things like these like code words and meetings and yeah and uh, that becomes and as se- fun as the substance is the planning of it pup, the Hal's ritualistic escape to the secret pump room yeah the the ritualistic uh hiding and and using and mm-hmm. and it becomes something that that is as fun as doing it and i get i like get that i understand that and that's why i think you know decriminalization and just like incorporating drug use if wanted into your like basic life is Mm -hmm. the way to go because otherwise deception becomes the thing is it raining yeah it's raining i can feel the little we have our skylight open and i can feel the little prickles of water of rainwater hitting my legs as we record (laughs) Uh, one thing that I appreciate is the kind of Zen like nature that he ascribes to Don Gately, uh, that he's always just large and stationary. He's a hero of an action. Yeah. And kind of, and that he is over the hump of his recovery. Uh, and so that, (laughs) I, I don't know. I think one of the things I gather from, uh, Wallace's descriptions of of the recovery house is how fucking annoying it must be to be around other recovering addicts. Yeah. Uh <laughs> and like again I want to have like sympathy for for the process but um god it must <laughs> just just constant irritation from all these high completely high strung and and specifically on edge people just yeah. being uh irritating wrecks with all the 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 list of um of of quirks about that one character that he's afraid of discs. Yeah, that he's afraid of discs, that he's got to be north all the time. Uh, yeah, so that he must be north. Always uh, asking what time it, it is, it was. That yes. is something that bothers me. Yeah, that would... Someone asked me. That would, that would kill me. Another guest that we could maybe have on the, on the pod sometime uh, is uh, I would love to talk about... Talk to Brace about um, recovery stories. I remember recently, uh, Brace Belden from yeah. True and On. Uh, I remember recently he was doing a thread about uh, like uh, rehab stories of him, and I believe he said that he was housed in a group room with somebody who tried to eat themselves. Tried to eat themselves. Yes. Okay. <laughs> which sounds right. which sounds very <laughs> comedically violent in a way that seems like it fits in with uh, with this book. Yes. Um, no. So I, I, someone messaged us too about this. Uh, just like the 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 halfway house thing, and like just being like it. That shit's real. It's just yeah. Just I mean, imagine how hard, like how st- a normal roommate situation is. Yeah. And then just multiply that by just everyone is at the tail end of like the worst time in their uh, life. Yes. And especially you, I don't know if you noticed this, but like you go when you first go to Ennett House, you were in the five man room. F- I saw that. It- five men sleeping in the same room. Um, that was the room, the kind of room that Brace said that he was in when the and guy tried all, to eat himself. And they're all like getting out of you know detox and yeah. like rehab. But like, then you very quickly moved to the three man, three yeah, man room because not if, everyone can can hang. Yeah, I mean, I gathered that that they're saying like most of the people, a lot of people, most of the people through. who check in to mm-hmm. Ennett House are out by like day five, and I, if you make it to like the end of a week. you you are like already yeah. in the second tier of how long people the, have been there. I don't know what the um, official policy. I assume if you get kicked out of Ennett House, you do not, you cannot come back ever again, right? I don't know. I would assume. I, f- I feel like you could get one more. <laughs> I don't know. Is that Nadal? That's Nadal. Yeah. Man, he is built. Look yeah, at he's that ripped. Guy. 
He's ripped and he looks so smooth. Yeah, it's a, he's kind of like hairless. The, a great fit too. The hot pink. Yeah, he's tank got a great color color um eye. Shining white, but the, the the shirt matches the shoes, and he's got the white wristbands and headbands to match. Perfect. Yeah, he, he looks, looks like crispy. a fucking action figure of a mm. tennis player. How old is he now? Because I feel like he's been yeah, in the I, mix since the mid mid two. Yeah, Nadal is like a name that I've been aware of. He's thirty four. That's not a spring chicken for tennis. I feel like Nadal is a name that I've been personally aware of as like, oh, oh, if you like reference a tennis guy, you can reference Nadal for like almost my entire adult life. And yet he's still going. Yeah, he's been going since he like the mid 2000s. An email I would like to receive from a listener. Mm -hmm. uh, If there's anybody out there that can do this is just a rundown of the state of tennis and like who the guys are and like uh, who you need to keep an eye out for. If there's any drama in the tennis world, I would like to know about it. Yeah. Um, If there have been any tennis scandals that I should be aware of. I would like to hear from them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Send us an email. The infinite cast pod at gmail.com. Just spill the tea. Uh, the tea for tennis. Of and course. then we, if, if anybody has any good tennis tea, <laughs> spill the tea. The, the tea, tea stands, stands for, for tennis. tennis. Uh, if anybody has any good tennis, tennis tea and sends us an email, we'll, we'll read it on air or relay it on air. Great. Uh, I think that that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Thanks for listening. <sighs> it just is, it's just a vibe, man. It is a vibe. It's 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 a it's a real vibes book. It's funny. I'm trying to think. Did anybody get mad about Infinite Jest this week? I think I think it, we were, a lot of people uh, got mad, but not about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's still it's still in the air. People it, got it, mad that uh, Snape Professor Severus Snape is a queer coded POC, and that's the reason you don't like, <laughs> like him. It. But y'all aren't ready right. for that conversation. Uh. It's just like, I, I don't know, maybe that's just me because we've been doing this project. It's just like the discourse has the, the air that at any moment somebody could be mad about Infinite Jest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like that is uh, like a, a mood. Like people are just waiting for a reason to, to, get, to get mad about uh, <laughs> things that make no sense. People are waiting to get mad. Uh, wait, I'm just looking... Okay, never mind. He, he's playing. Nadal's playing right now, and I think he got beat by Zverev. Um, Zverev, but it's fine. Good job, Nadal. Uh, all right, great. Uh, uh, all right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.